The Y Curve with Phil Dobby and Roger Hearing. Who decides who businesses have as their customers? Well, they decide, obviously. I mean, you can't force companies to deal with people they don't like. Yes, but what if that decision's racist or sexist or homophobic or they just don't like their politics? I mean, is that acceptable? That's at the core of the row between Nigel Farage and Nat West, a row that's already cost two senior executives their jobs and could bring about a change in the law. So where does prudent business practice end and unfair discrimination begin? That's our subject. This week on The Y Curve, brought to you by Wigmore Associates. The Y Curve. So being debanked. Yes. That's what they're calling it. Which is what it. we're talking about, really. Yeah. So I, I I would be quite happy when I came to this country, mm. I'd be quite happy being debanked because I couldn't actually be banked because when you come to Britain and you haven't got a credit rating because you've been living overseas, uh, you're a non-person. Person. You're a non-person, which is what yes. Nigel Farage was very concerned about. So I, yes. I feel for him because I've been a non-person because I didn't have that address that you need for a bank account and you can't get an address because you have to have a bank account to be able it's, to pay to get your deposit. To it's one of those nightmares mm. but what you don't have is his politics and that mm. it was at the core of all this really yeah as as he claimed and then the bbc and others denied and it turned out that it was indeed the case so it was to do with the fact that they didn't want to have someone with his profile political profile yeah um which, which is, is a bit odd though isn't it well it is a bit odd because you're thinking people who've got money in coots i mean i'm sure uh, and I've got to be very careful what I say here, but I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure if you. Well, let's just take a bank, which is. Oh fuck! Why is that? What's this? Okay, it's recording away in here. I'll just won't worry about. Is it not um, recording? It, it is recording. It's not recording as I expected it to on here, but it's all right. I'm getting we, it on. I'm getting it on. No, no, I've got it all on here. It's all okay. I just need to dub it over. Um, so I have to be very careful what I'm what I'm yes. saying here. But I mean, you take maybe not coots, but you take a bank with mm. lots of people with lots of money. There's yes. going to be question marks, aren't there? Well, you about don't know where what does they that think, money do come yeah. from? Where does the money come from? What is the affiliation of the people who have the money? Yeah. Uh, what are their outlooks? But is that any business of the bank? That's well, what it really comes an down. Ethical bank. So I mean, is this question of a bank with ethics? And if you get it, go down that road, who's ethics? Well, and that yes. is the the big problem about ethics generally. I mean, what you believe is. Ethics ethical might be completely opposite to somebody else yeah, so and, and 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 is it any business of the of a business you're dealing with because yeah. in the end if it's a commercial relationship i mean there is there's an interesting area called peps politically exposed persons that banks are spoke to we will hear about this from anya in a bit this is something they've got to look at they're they're told particularly to do with foreigners who have bank accounts you have to look and and examine politically exposed persons in case they are i don't know dictators of major countries or or whatever Mm. it is but applying that within britain i don't know it it, it gives worries not because i mean Nigel farage many people disagree with him but if it applies to one side of the political divide i guess it applies to the other there's also i mean if you take it they extrapolate it and apply it to any other business though i mean surely you have to have some ability to choose who you do business with and mm. nigel farage i mean he is milking it a bit i mean he wants the whole board yeah, yeah. of natwest to resign now uh, and this idea about you know he felt like a non-person i mean really nigel well, you farage, just said that when you he, don't have a bank account that is how it feels yeah but he had a, he didn't have a coots bank account he could have had a natwest bank account he just didn't have a, a bank account for the elite so he obviously mm. felt like he wasn't part of the elite anymore and how much of it gets down to that really but anyway 
And then there's all sorts of other cases. I mean, no doubt we'll bring up today mm. uh, that Christian cake shop in Belfast right. years well, that, ago. Because that, that went to court. Yes. Ultimately, they lost. Yes, they, they didn't want to provide a cake for uh, a same-sex wedding. That's yeah. essentially Support what it came Support gay marriage is yeah. actually what yeah. was asked to, to be put on the cake. And uh, that went to the Human uh, yeah. Human Rights Court in mm. the European Court of Human yeah. Rights. So it went right to the, you know, as far as it can go. But it does go the other way. Gina Miller, famous campaigner during the Brexit campaign, yes. who was trying to, to, to get Britain to, to prevent Brexit effectively, she had a, a small political party. Again, the bank didn't want to have her on their lists mm. right, and got rid of her. So I, it's a principle rather than, I think, a particular political line. Well, OK. Now, if business ethics are important to you, then you want to do business with Wigmore Associates. No doubt about that. They are a boutique wealth management company who can look after your investments, your assets and your pension. They'll do their best to ensure you're getting the best return, the return you deserve. So there's more money for your future and your children's future and that you're not paying more than you have to to the tax man. Uh, they'll help you choose the right balance for your portfolio, depending on your long and short term plans. You can contact them at Wigmore Associates. Wigmore hyphen. Don't forget the hyphen. Yes, get the hyphen in. Wigmore-associates.co.uk. Their email is on that website too. Or you can give them a call. 020-7224-3400. 020-7224-3400. And tell them that... We sent you. Because... Phil and Roger sent they, you. They helped make the podcast Yeah, and possible. they won't discriminate against you on yeah, that basis. Absolutely not. But let's talk about that whole issue. We can bring in now someone who, who knows the legal issues around this, how it works, how it doesn't, and perhaps how it should. Uh, and she's Dr. Anya Clancy, who's a lecturer at the School of Law and Social Justice at the University of Liverpool, and she joins us now. Welcome to the Y-Care, Anya. Anya, let me ask you, as a sort of top-of-the-line uh, the question, is it permissible, is it legal for businesses, whether it's banks or any other, others to simply refuse a customer to do cuss to do business with somebody on any basis they like does it have to be commercial can it be ideological or anything else the short answer is it's somewhat unresolved in uh, uk law um, uh, businesses are prohibited from denying services to individuals where it is a breach of the um, Equality Act. So there are nine protected grounds under the Equality Act, and they include things like um, age, gender, um, uh, disability status, um, and for interestingly, for our purposes, um, uh, religious ideology or philosophical reasons. But whether um, whether uh, being pro or anti Brexit or uh, any of the other it's a religion that were it's not really well it's kind of a religion <laughs> I mean, some, maybe. Say it's a philosophical i mean it has been taken as a philosophical divide didn't it and that's i mean it does i mean it, it's crazy to call it that of course but i mean it does show that there's a gray area in all of this doesn't there and what about uh what about also in terms of uh sexual orientation because we had that case of gareth lee uh, in uh, in Belfast, who asked that Christian-run bakery to have the slogan "Support Gay Marriage" on their on their cake, they actually, I mean, that was taken right to the European Court of Human Rights, wasn't it? And the bakery won that case, even though you would have thought that would be a clear-cut case of being refused based on sexual orientation. Sure. Now it's worth noting that um, for banking purposes, the situation is ever so slightly different. Um, the payment accounts regulations um, pro specifically provide that banks must allow 
customers to have access to basic banking services as a condition of that bank's ongoing licensing. And those regulations, interestingly, specifically do say that banks uh, may not discriminate on the basis of political beliefs. So I think that would be something that uh, falls far more into um, the the basket uh, of which Mr. Farage was complaining. So, so the law is already very clear on that from what you're saying? For banking, yes, it seems so. So it's a clear case then. They haven't got a leg to stand on then, have they? It seems not. Even though they are a bank which is quite exclusive, let's put it that way. I mean, I was explaining this to my, to my mother-in-law who's, who's visiting over from Australia at the moment. She didn't know who, well, she vaguely knew who Nigel Farage was, didn't know anything about Coots Bank. And I was explaining, I said, we've well, got to earn a million to, be, uh, to, to open an account in this bank. And she said, well, they shouldn't be allowed to do that. She had a problem with the fact that Coots was saying you had they to were exclusive. A, they, they were exclusive. And, uh, but, but you can be exclusive on business grounds. I mean, that, that's pretty clear, isn't it, Lanya? That's pre- precisely correct. So there are nine banks, I believe, in the UK, the nine largest banks, who are compelled to offer basic banking services um, on, uh, to everyone who wants them. And when I say basic, I mean a current account into which people's salary can be, salaries can be paid um, uh, or um, social welfare payments can be paid and who will be able to, um, to withdraw cash um, when there is cash in there. There's no obligation to provide any of the ancillary services um, that you might ordinarily have with uh, a, a bank account, including, for example, access to loan funds, access um, to an overdraft facility or, or anything like that. Now, I'm sure one of those nine banks is NatWest, though, isn't it? So Nigel Farage that's was correct. offered an account at NatWest. That's, that's exactly correct. So, so um, to be very specific, there is a right to be banked as a citizen of the UK. Would that be correct? There is a general right to basic banking services. And I think the, the key word here is basic. So I, my understanding of the Coots accounts, well, first of all, as you pointed out, uh, they're well within their rights to um, uh, refuse to offer him an account on commercial grounds, if that's indeed um, what their argument was. But to the extent um, that, um, that, that he wants anything other than the basic banking services, he's really not entitled to So that. he managed to get hold of this 40-page document, which basically called him xenophobic and racist. I mean, it was an internal document on the part of the bank, but I guess it becomes proof for, for, for what you're talking about. Uh, but, so he wants to take action. He wants to take it further. I mean, doesn't this set some sort of precedent, though? If you've got a document which is developed for internal use, then gets exposed externally, I mean, you know, it's like someone's writing something in their diary and then you take action against it because you've well, said that's something. that's true in lots of areas. If you've got the actual evidence of, of, of a particular set of circumstances or thoughts of an internal uh, document, that, that is evidence in, in, in a criminal case, potentially. Yes. I mean, the, the interesting thing that will come of this or the potential interesting outcome from this um, service access request that Mr. Farage has made, which he's completely entitled um, to um, in any organisation which holds personal data about an individual they're entitled to make a subject um, access request about what documentation is held on them. Um, But it will be interesting to see what impact this has on what 
banks are willing to record in their internal documentation going forward um, where they're making decisions like this and whether perhaps uh, banking committees might end up being a little more self-censoring than they otherwise um, would be when they're having these kinds of discussions. But banks do have to protect themselves if they've got concerns about people who... Uh, so if you've got a lot of money in your bank account that's come from, you know, uh, an unusual path to get to you, uh, you know, if they if they suspect money laundering, for example, even if they just suspect it. I mean, don't they have the right to say, well, OK, this, this, this account is now too risky for us. We can't prove the case but we just don't want to take the We're risk. We're not suggesting, by the way, that Nigel Farage has no, that kind of, of money. No, no, say. not at all. No, I mean, didn't even mention him in the sentence. But, I mean, it's because banks are obviously all about risk and risk mitigation. And you've got to give them the ability, if they just have a concern, even if they can't prove it, to say, well, yeah, we, we're not prepared to take that risk just in case. Yes, that's cor- exactly correct. And this is reflected in um, the rules that apply to banks um, be in and reflected in the fact that um, Mr. Farage and all other politicians and all close associates of politicians and their family members are re- regarded as being potentially politically exposed to high risks of bribery or other forms of graft. Um, and consequently, banks are required to um, uh, apply what's known as enhanced due diligence against the operations of the accounts of politically exposed persons. Yeah, that that PEP is is a very specific legal category, isn't it? That's exactly correct. Now, banks do have some latitude in um, to whom they continue um, to apply um, PEP designation to. For example, under the English anti-laundering regulations, banks are required to continue to apply enhanced due diligence, enhanced levels of oversight to, to the banks, bank accounts of PEPs um, for um, one year after they leave office. Um, and if they choose to, and if they um, suspect that someone is particularly high risk, then uh, they can continue to apply enhanced due diligence against that person for as long as they wish to thereafter. But but could they say, well, this person is particularly high risk for the reasons you said, so we actually don't want to have them associated with our brand or, or be part of our business model uh, and we won't bank them? Is that legal? Um, it is legal insofar as the bank wishes to take a commercial um, decision to de-risk themselves, but they'll still be required under the payments accounts regulations to provide basic banking services to that customer who's a PEP. Right, which is, which with their argument would be, well, we're doing that with NatWest, not with Coots. Yeah. Well, that's correct, yeah. yes. So overall, the, 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 I mean, just drawing the threads together with this, it does look as if the bank, uh, NatWest in this case, have behaved uh, much against the regulations as specified, but as we say, they did offer a, another account. But And there is a regulation that, it, that insists that everybody has entitled to basic banking services. But as a general principle about how you deal with customers, 
First of all, it seems quite strange in a way that banks need to think that hard about the political colour of the people they're dealing with. I mean, you know, the words woke and and all that, I suppose, hang around that. But also, is it something that's happening more and more, that there is this kind of uh, political idea about how you should or shouldn't deal with people in in what are purely commercial circumstances? I think the banking regulators and the um, banks themselves would say that it's not political per se, that it's nothing personal, that they're merely applying... Um, the extra layers of um, caution that's required by them under the money laundering regulations when dealing with PEPs. Um, so that's that's kind of an important point to note. Um, and it should be noted, too, that banks in the UK have been subject to very substantial fines um, from the Financial Conduct Authority over the past decade or so as a result of failing to properly apply and properly maintain anti-money laundering standards. And those anti-money laundering standards include ensuring that you apply and proceed with particular caution um, with in, in the case of PEPs, politically exposed um, persons. So that's their argument. What we're seeing in practice, however, is anecdotally, at least, it's very difficult to put any kind of meaningful number on the numbers of banks that are involved in this um, or the number of customer accounts that are involved in this. Um, But because banks are so wary of falling foul of these anti-money laundering regulations and attracting these significant fines, there now seems to be a tendency in some cases for them to proceed with too much caution. So where a PIP Um, or a PEPS family member approaches a bank and says that they wish to open a bank account, um, often the bank will come up with a reason or perhaps not even give a reason as to why they're unwilling to allow that um, customer to be a client um, of their bank. And the outcome of that is that anecdotally, we're now seeing huge problems with um, PEPS and their family members becoming debanked or unbanked because banks are unwilling to potentially fall foul of um, the anti-money laundering regulations and or are unwilling to incur the expense of imposing additional oversight over these individuals' bank bank accounts. For the enhanced services that you talked about, I mean, basic services, they'd still be able to, but it's the enhanced services where they, I mean, if they've got a lot of money, then it's it's creating wealth from from that money, which uh, would be the services that those people would be interested in, which is why you'd be with Coots in the first place. But it seems to me as though, uh, and I, I hate to say this, I hate mm. to side with Nigel Farage, no, just no, generally no, as a principle yes. in life, but it does seem like, I mean, he has a strong case here, doesn't it? Because... Okay, they may see he's a politically exposed person. Uh, Though he doesn't no, hold office at the moment. He do no, but he's but I mean he's in the public eye mm. very much so, uh, and you know he's a, a man who's known to have an agenda. No mention of money laundering or no, any no, implications no, 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 of no. that anywhere along the line. But obviously they they've wanted to do their due diligence. They got a lot of people together to compile this forty-page document on him. But it seems like the focus of that document is not about whether he's involved in money laundering. It's calling him a xenophobic, a racist. It's looking at, for example, uh, how he supported a, or, or retweeted a tweet from Ricky Gervais, which somebody within the bank obviously saw was politically insensitive. It's sort of like, I don't know, it is, it is, and I hate to use the word wokedom as well, but it's like a, a bunch of people in the bank. Uh, are pursuing some sort of woke agenda against him. But where is the advantage 
on you would for the bank in this. That, that's the hard thing to see in a way, because if this hadn't happened, uh, no one would have said, oh, we're not going to work with Nat West anymore because Nigel Farage is it's on their It's a bit box. like saying we, we want to get rid of you because we don't like you very much. I mean, that's what it amounts to, doesn't it? I wonder this myself. I don't see what the upside was. No one was aware of the fact that Mr. Farage um, was... Uh, banking with Coots at all until they essentially debanked him. And it's worth noting as well that um, with the past few decades where we've seen, for example, Swiss banks involved in quite significant um, uh, political scandals whereby they've um, allowed cash stolen from the coffers of developing world countries and subsequently um, that's been um, publicised. Um, in, in none of those situations where it's subsequently um, transpired that th- those Swiss banks had facilitated money laundering and graft. Um, did was there any suggestion that customers started walking away um, from those banks for that reason? So it, it's confusing to me why um, Coots has taken um, this line. I, I suppose on some level because they're not subject to the requirement um, to provide basic accounts services um, because they are not one of the um, nine large banks, they're a subsidiary of them, um, then they are entitled to exercise um, discretion um, on, on the grounds of, of whatever reason they wish. Um, but on the other hand, it, it's very difficult to see what the upside for Coots was in making this decision. And, and one of the issues at the heart of this is also privacy, and banking privacy is, is a sort of principle. And in fact, one of the complaints that Nigel Farage had was that his privacy was co- was compromised, and that normally means banks don't go around saying, we're it? a great bank, look at our list of customers, but because people don't want to be known to be. But wasn't his privacy compromised because he got them to release a document all about him? I mean, how no, no, well, no, no, I think, I think the point was that, that, that the head of NatWest had actually talked about him at some gathering mm. uh, and his banking arrangements because privacy, Onya, surely is, if it's not a legal duty, it's certainly a customary duty of banks, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. And I suspect, and we don't have any real insight into um, why the head of NatWest um, ended up being axed from their position, but I suspect it was the failure to respect, respect customers' privacy as much as any other reason. Um, that they eventually had to go. So what about outside the banking world then? So yeah. if Nigel Farage came to me and said, hey, Phil, can you make a podcast for me? Because that's what I would do for a living these days. I mean, would I be in my rights to say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that for you, Nigel, because I don't like you very much. It would be fine for me because I'm not a bank, wouldn't it? I Possibly. It depends on what basis you've decided um, not to um, represent him. This issue is cur- quite a current Um, issue of debate in legal services being provided to individuals who might not necessarily have the best of intentions in entering into um, legal cases. And I'm specifically talking here, uh, particularly pre um, the invasion um, of Russia's invasion of Ukraine, um, of the tendency of Russian oligarchs to weaponize um, the courts in London to um, intimidate or chill or silence um, particular um, journalists, for example, um, Tom Burgess or Catherine Belton, both of whom... Yeah, these are what they call the, the slaps, I think. That's Isn't exactly that the right, yes. Mm. So um, some commentators have pointed to the fact that some law firms don't seem to have any big problem with representing 
oligarchs in those situations, even though um, those cases represent what is probably an abuse and a weaponization of the English legal system. In those cases, it's very difficult to um, uh, see an ethical case against um, turning down uh, those individuals. So um, if you don't like their intention or if you don't like their politics, there should be no reason in principle why you shouldn't be able to turn down um, turn down their business. But, 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 in, but in law, maybe mm. that's... I mean, it wouldn't law be the same as banking? Well, you know, I, I think it's, it's different because isn't there a tradition, if, if it's only traditional, perhaps you're right, that it's almost like the taxi rank. Legal firms have to pretty much take the next one that comes along. They can't make judgments. Isn't well, that part whether of Whether they believe they're guilty or not. Yeah, exactly. No, there's absolutely, there's absolutely um, no requirement. Obviously, they are prohibited from... Um, and, and it is a different uh, situation in the case of barristers, but I'm talking about solicitors firms in particular, um, provided that they are not falling foul um, of the Equality Act. There's nothing in principle from um, th- their turning down um, potential clients. And it's worth noting as well that some of the solicitors firms who've been embroiled in this controversy have said, well, you know, these oligarchs have a right of access to the courts, just like anyone else who falls within the jurisdiction um, of these cases. And therefore, it would be remiss of us not to um, represent them. But the counter argument um, made by many clients, or sorry, many um, civil uh, society organizations there is, well, if that's the case, and if you feel so strongly about their right of access to the courts, you don't have to take on their mega mega fees, you can just um, can just yeah. uh, do it pro bono, perhaps. Take that <laughs> rate, exactly. Well, that's not going to happen. I mean, when you say this is a debate, is there is there potential then for some change in the regulations in regard to this, uh, or, or some some alteration of the rules? Is that is there an appetite within the legal community for it that? It depends who you're asking. Um, there doesn't seem to be a strong appetite from um, law firms. It's not. Society has come out um, strongly on one way or another. The government is currently um, developing rules around SLAP um, with a view to making. We, we should just say what SLAP stands for. I said we, we throw this term around. So it's the it's it's to, it's to do with trying to suppress uh, comment. But what do you know what the actual initials stand for? It stands for strategic lawsuits against public participation. And the idea behind them really, um, or one of the primary drivers behind initiating those um, strategic lawsuits is to silence or chill critics rather than to meaningfully seek recompense uh, because your name in your view or your reputation was sullied in the press or by a particular author. So... Beyond all of this, I mean, it's the case is because it's muddy, isn't it? It's all very muddy, but it's pretty clear when it comes to gender, race, age, sexual orientation. Well, is it clear unless you specify it? You'd have to prove that the reason I don't want to do business with you is for this reason. And that you you can't see into someone's mind, I suppose, uh, and detect what is the actual reason. And obviously very difficult to prove as well, because if you don't want to do business with someone, you just go, well, I'm a bit busy at the moment. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, Although, once again, if you're a bank, you can't do that if if, um, someone is seeking basic bank account services. But as a business, if you're not a bank where these regulations don't apply, in general, 
unless you can absolutely prove that the reason you won't do business with me is one of these categories, then actually it, people are perfectly liberty to choose their customers. That's correct, yes. But I mean, but where do you draw the line on all of that? Because if it is a, a subsection of society and you say, yeah. you know, you, you quickly get into the road of, uh, you know, if you can't get on a bus or you can't eat in particular Well, that's what I'm thinking. It would be very you, difficult. You, yeah, you're sort of getting then back to, you know, South Africa in the 80s, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, and you might know, Anya, you might know, oh, well, that, that, uh, that shop will not serve, you know, people who are black, for example. I mean, imagine. Well, I suppose if you had a situation where you had a shop where uh, you knew that they... Um, would not serve people who were black and you were able, I suppose, in some way to evidence that this seemed to be systemic, then there would be scope, perhaps, um, to bring a case against them under the equality legislation for discrimination on the grounds of race. But it'd be quite a hard thing to prove, you, I want to imagine. It might be very obvious but it, to everybody, but it would be, in terms of legal proof, it's quite a high bar, isn't it? That's absolutely correct. And, and more generally, the the stress, the energy, the cost of initiating um, a case in that respect means that we are probably seeing um, an enormous amount of discrimination-based cases throughout the UK on a daily basis, and nothing really has been done about it unless you have um, the appetite and the resources at your disposal um, to pursue um, people on an equality claim. But if, it, if it's none of those things, and it is, I get back, you know, back to the case of you just don't like someone. Yeah, I mean, that's legal. Yeah. I mean, and that should be the case. And I mean, if you're running a business, you should be able to choose who you do business with. It's like all the like Donald Trump is having difficulty defending himself because he's not getting lawyers because lawyers are refusing to, <laughs> to, to work, work with, with him. him. Yes. Uh, I mean, has he got I mean, should he be able to insist? Well, American law, I guess, may be different. There are a couple of things that play here. First of all. <laughs> Um, Mr. Trump is a special case because the particular kinds of lawyers that he is seeking to represent him are the creme de la creme. Um, they will be uh, lawyers who charge incredibly high amounts. Um, they will be incredibly specialised in their area. No one is suggesting that uh, Mr. Trump is being denied legal representation outright. I'm sure he can avail of uh, the, the federal legal aid appointed um, lawyer, if if he wishes to, so so I don't think that that case really stands up in Mr. Trump's case. It's not like he's being denied access to legal services or no, uh, access to court outright. It's more he's being denied access to his preferred lawyers um, because they don't yeah. want to work with them. He can certainly pay for it for sure. And I, I mean, I suppose drawing that to the UK, then on you, if someone who has a terrible reputation wants to be represented in court perhaps on a civil case uh, as opposed to a criminal one must solicitors must a solicitor be able be found to represent him or her or, or is it is there no actual right to be uh, represented could could a solicitor just say would all solicitors say no we're not going to touch that there is a right to be represented in criminal trials um, and therefore, and I, I'm not strong on what the particular rules around legal aid solicitors um, and their requirements. But beyond legal aid, I mean, if you've if you've got you know bags of cash yeah. and you want to get the best, and oh. the best say, well, I don't want to represent you. Have they? Is that yes, perfectly that's, acceptable? That's, uh, they're absolutely within their rights to turn someone down uh, because they uh, don't um, agree with their 
Uh, political views, for example. Yeah. So, so the, the, that form of discrimination can exist in the legal area. To some extent, it can exist in the banking area. And more generally, commercially, the, the capacity to turn down people you don't like is considerable. So it sounds like the, the law is a bit woolly on all of this, but I guess it has to be because, I mean, how do you define, a you know, how, how do you create something that is very definitive? Because there's so many moving parts to it. Yeah, and, and there is a need for equity in this, a need for fairness. There is, and that's presumably why the banking rules are different from any other rules when it comes down to um, turning someone down or not being able to turn someone down for basic um, bank account um, provision on the basis of their political views. The difference there, especially in an increasingly cashless society, it is that it is more or less, or increasingly at least, um, uh, very difficult to exist in society without basic banking services. Probably you can exist in society without hiring the creme de la creme uh, lawyers of your choice. You can afford them um, and you can um, instead um, just opt for, in criminal cases, for example, um, those provided by the Legal Aid Board. So what changes as a result of this whole Nigel Farage episode? I mean, does the law need to be refined in a, in a, in a particular way? Are there, are there repercussions coming from this? Yeah, we're already seeing anecdotal evidence of repercussions. So um, there are the FT this weekend, the Financial Times reported on a Facebook group of um, various individuals, including family members of PEPs. Um, uh, the Facebook group in question now has apparently 6,000 um, members, all of whom are swapping tips on how to get the um, subject access requests, um, apply for them, successfully get them, um, uh, of the same kind as the 40-page document that Mr. Farage successfully applied to um, from Coop. <laughs> so there's more of this to um, come. So that they, in turn, can find um, evidence which will allow them to dispute um, banks' decisions uh, to to um, debank them or to cut down on the number of services available to those particular individuals. So that's the first thing. And it's worth noting, too, that um, the city's minister has um, written to the Financial Conduct Authority and has um, urged it to expedite um, a planned um, review that it was going to undertake anyway into how to how banks deal with the bank accounts of PEPs more generally. So this has sparked a lot of discussion around um, banks being perhaps too ready um, to withdraw or refuse banking services to PEPs. And that may change, and it'll be interesting to see if it does and what the consequences are. Orna, Orna thanks very much indeed for being with us. Mm. Very interesting area of where change could be around the corner for political reasons, but perhaps applying on both sides of the political boundary. Yeah, Nigel Farage driving change again. Thanks, <laughs> thanks Anya. Take care. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks, both. Bye. So anyway, Nigel Farage is never going yes. to come to me and ask if he can no. have my business. No, but he's it, not. Uh, he's not going to bank with you, that's for sure. <laughs> no, for sure. Uh, and I'm quite happy with my bank. I'd yes. like to point that out. So don't good, debank good. me. Well, uh, you've got to find out what they think of you. You've got to send off for this report. Yeah. Internal report. <laughs> I don't think I've quite got the profile. Phil like Dobby, who, well, who, what? Dodgy politics. Uh, yeah, maybe. Now, look, um, next Talking week. Talking of dodgy politics. politics yes. Yeah. Well, no, we're not, not dodgy politics. Well, Roger, some would say. We're going to talk about the Tory party, Roger. Well, I rest That's my case, frankly. Politics. Well, we're <laughs> in a situation where the Conservatives, I mean, you, you, every day you hear tales of woe, people standing down, not going to stand again. The Tories 
clearly feel they're going for a wipeout next year. That's what, yeah. what's going to happen. It seems like desperation politics right now, doesn't it, from mm. Rishi? I mean, we, you know, the, the, the glimmer of hope that they had that they narrowly won that by-election yeah. in uh, Boris Johnson's old seat, and it was because, you know, Ulez. the ULEZ. And so now, all of a sudden, well, what else can we yes, do let's, to... let's to, put lots of, of, of drilling to, into the North Sea. Yeah, exactly. All of a sudden, yeah, let's mm. let's forget the whole drill, dream baby, agenda. Drill, baby, yes. yeah. So it does suggest an element of desperation, but I suppose it'd be interesting to find out does the Tory party have much hope? Are they are they consigned to the wilderness? How bad a wilderness is it likely to be? What could happen? Because we've probably got 12 months yep. before an election, maybe more. Can help us. Yeah, mm. and and whenever we hear this talk about, uh, you know, a particular party, oh, 10 years in the wilderness. I mean, people were saying that about the Labour Party a few yeah. years ago, weren't they? And all of a sudden, things seem to turn around fairly so quickly. So that is the question we will address. What hope for the Tories? Yeah, next week on The Y Curve, brought to you by Wigmore Associates. We'll see you then. Bye. The Y. Curve.